0: Welcome into this special edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. On today's episode, we take an in-depth look at the best team in the National Hockey League, the Tampa Bay Lightning. We do so with a couple of special guests, Joe Smith, Lightning beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times, and Scott Burnside, longtime hockey columnist at ESPN, who now writes for the website website the Dallas Stars. Speaking of the Stars, they're in town Thursday night to take on the Lightning at Amelie Arena. That means to return a former Lightning goalie, Ben Bishop, who is in his first season with the Stars. I talked to Joe Smith and Scott Burnside, both about the impact Bishop had on the Lightning franchise. We also discussed Tampa Bay's fast start this season. Just how far can this team go in the Stanley Cup playoffs? So sit back and enjoy some hockey talk, starting off with Lightning beat writer from the Tampa Bay Times, Joe Smith. Joe, Ben Bishop returns uh, to take on his old team. Tampa Bay Lightning is uh, his first trip back with the Dallas Stars. Can You, you covered Ben Bishop during his time here with the Lightning. Just what did he mean to this franchise?
2: He meant a ton, obviously. I don't think they get to that Stanley Cup final in 14-15 or the conference final, uh, even though he got hurt that year, um, next year without him. He just kind of set the... The tone, or a, I don't know how would you set a standard for, for goalies in this franchise since they had they've been looking for that number one for 10, 12 years since Heavy Boulant won, won the Cup four four, and to finally have that stabilizing force back there really was such a huge thing. Like he helped with he was their MVP, I think, a backbone in most of those those nights. So and also also helped Andre Vasilevsky. The future grew him into a number one, and I think you need to have one of those veteran guys who's been there, done that, to show him the way. I think they're reaping the benefits of that. both of those things right now with Vassilovsky playing as well as he is.
0: When they got Ben Bishop, I remember that trade from Ottawa. I, look, there was not really an expectation that he was going to turn into the guy that he became. Remember, I, Anders Lindback was yeah. the other goalie here. And there he had, was...
2: he had to fight for the spot there. Yeah, he a...
0: Right, so how surprised were you that he, like, this guy became... One of the top, what, five goalies in the league, right?
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, from outside looking in, you thought maybe, okay, they get this guy who's had more experience. He could be kind of a stopgap. They had number one pick with Veseleski. Let him play some minor league games. Let him get used to it. And he could be the couple-year filler until Veseleski's ready. Well, when he turns into the best goalie in the league, all of a sudden, like, okay, we could just keep him for a couple more years, which they did sign him to a a couple-year extension there when he was showing how top of the top three, five goalies in the league. So it was a pleasant surprise, and obviously it meant a lot to the franchise where they went. To those playoff runs, and then now you gave Vasilevsky maybe the more, more time he probably needed to develop into where you see him more seasoned now, as opposed to rushing him in and being a guy who, who plays too soon.
0: Last year they had to get to a point where they had to make a decision: either Ben Bishop or Andre Vasilevsky going for. Obviously, Vasilevsky was younger. Um, ben Bishop had a tendency to get hurt a little bit. I don't know how much that played into it. What do you think was the ultimate decision? Was it a money issue? Was it they just believed Vasilevsky was going to be the better goalie? What? Why did they end up choosing? All right, we're going to go with Vasilevsky for the future here.
2: Well, I mean, obviously you mentioned a lot of those. The, the, the age, which he's like a 23-year-old kid versus Bass, which Bishop pushed in 30. Injuries as part of it. I mean, the only contract's only like a million and a half more than Vasilevsky than makes this year. But I think they just believe that he's going to be a star in this league. They knew from the beginning when he got here, one of the hard work, hardest-working guys in that in that group. So they knew he had the potential to be a number one goalie. They just had to make sure that he could kind of groom and work the work his way up. And obviously learned from Ben Bishop. But, you know, watching him work, watching him play in, the, if, in a you know, Stanley Cup final when Bishop <laughs> got hurt, and he played in, you know, we were at that series in Pittsburgh, Tom, playing almost all seven games that uh, against the cup champion team and almost right. beating them. Right, right. Like, if, if he, you don't think he's ready then. I don't know what else did you see. <laughs> so they obviously got to pick the right
0: one. So the, uh, no one is surprised, I guess, by how well he's played. I'm a little surprised. I, I thought he was going to be a, a good number one goalie eventually. But even though his numbers may not show it, you look at him – Joe, like most nights, it reminds me of like Grant Fuhr and the old Edmonton Oilers. He might give up three or four goals, but when you need a huge save, he's going to give you a huge save. He
2: did. He, that's true. Really the case. And then there are a lot of, not, they don't have to be at the end of the game. It's still going to be at the beginning of the game. It could be like a breakaway, right. the first two minutes in, all of a sudden, instead of a, a one-thing. Uh, deficit year, it's a tie game still. Uh, so he makes those timely saves. He manages the game just like Ben Bishop did, where he made those big saves when you need him. And on that West Coast trip, they only gave up four goals in three games. So, you know, the, those numbers are starting to go down to where he's number three in goals against in the league. So I think you're starting to see those numbers kind of even out to where. He'll be. He'll probably have some bumps along the way. He's not going to go bull through the season 13 1 and 1 pace. The team is not going to go that <laughs> route, we don't think, but uh, they know he has the, the mental makeup to kind of bounce back when he has those rough stretches like he did last year.
0: Joe, you were on that West Coast trip. They go out to California, take on the Kings, the Sharks, and the Ducks. And boy, I'll tell you what, I covered a team a long time. I've covered a lot of teams in, in the NHL. I can't remember, and you you mentioned this to me while you were on that trip, that, man, we haven't seen many times where a team goes out to the West Coast, not only wins, but dominates the way the Lightning did.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the first time since 93 94 the Lightning have won three uh, games in the, in the California trip. And the way they did it, like you mentioned, Tom, there was like another level than these guys. And the LA Kings were 11-2-2 two, two at the time. San Jose had won four straight, and they are both at home. And you're like, okay, this will be the measuring stick. Of the season for lightning, all of a sudden they were just at a different level. Other teams are like, they're the best team we've seen so far this year. Both teams were kind of like, not in awe, but they were like, okay, this is a measuring stick for us now. Right. These guys, and they were just controlled possession for a couple shifts at a time. They're were, they were changing. Lines twice in the same, you know, well, I had to puck in the same zone, so it was just impressive to watch.
0: When uh, when you look at this team, Joe, what is it that they're they're doing well? And is there anything you look at and say, okay, they, they need to be careful about this? I, I'm trying to find a sign where <laughs> to to trouble get- might be coming, and I can't find anything really. And- well,
2: as long as they stay healthy, I mean, I think what is really impressed me about this group um, is the fact that. Not just the skill, they have the talented players in Stamkos and Kucherov. They have the goal in Vasilevsky, but it's just, just like that dogged determination you've seen since day one of training camp, which is the toughest camp they've had since Stamkos and haven't been here, is like they are just so determined from last year that you see them every game. It looks like they're playing in a playoff game. Like they have that intensity. You watch practice, they're having the most fun they've had in their life. They're competing in practice, and like they're celebrating after these, after these drills. like... They're just on a mission right now. I think that's what impressed me the most is that, that kind of consistency of effort and intensity. In all these, cause you know, because he 82 games, season. There will be some clunkers along the way. Sure. But that's what kind of impressed me about this team. Same thing impresses you, probably.
0: Well, you know what I noticed? I was watching practice uh, just a little while ago. We're, we're I'm talking to Joe here on uh, on Wednesday, right after the lightning practice at Amalie Arena. We were watching this practice, show they were working on the power play, and there were guys like diving to block shots. Yeah. Like you normally don't see that in a practice, and yet there was it was loud it was boisterous guys were blocking shots these are things that you typically don't see in a in a practice particularly after having two days off and they were you know, this would be a day where it could get kinda of lazy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see that at all.
2: No, not at all. And it's, it's one of those things that comes up here where it's win- when you're winning, you have a lot more fun, sure. you're like everyone's out there. I mean it's easier to do that way when, as opposed to when you're losing. But this wasn't one of those practices where after they get their butt kicked all of a sudden they had to come back and get back to square one. They were they've been playing so well, so hot, and then all of a sudden they come in here like, Okay, let's keep this going. They they didn't forget the process, kind of they're going as mature against group to know, okay we won, but how do we win this game? Right. Like, how, how do we get to that point where we won this game, not just we won, let's do it again. Uh, I think they're out the process, the process is those practices, and is going diving, blocking shots in practice. It is hitting guys. It is having fun because I mean, it's uh, it's I'm sure it's a blast for a fan to watch the team right now because I don't think there's another team in the league that kind of looks like this right at this point.
0: No, I don't. And Joe, I'm trying to think. We covered the Stanley Cup team. I covered the Stanley Cup team back in 2004. I don't know if you know if it's fair to start talking about this team yet on that level. But the first, I don't know that I've seen a 20 game stretch where the Lightning has been this good.
2: Yeah, you've been here longer with me, Tom. So you probably have a better frame of reference for that. But just even just the four full years that I've covered this team, even back to 2010, 11, I was back up for Damian, Chris, and on that team that went to the to Game Seven of the, of the Conference Final. Like, there's just a swagger, there's just a vibe that you get that you just being around the team every day, being on the road, being, uh, you know, everywhere, and you just get a sense that these guys are like, okay, we, they go to the game and they think they're okay. We're going to win the game. But that's how we're going to win this game. Right. And it's one of those things that you have to when you get on that kind of confident kind of a rule, then. Um, you don't know what it could take you. It could take you special places in the middle of June or something like that. But obviously a long way to go. We're only 20 games in. A lot of things that happen, as we found out last year. But yeah. uh, obviously an encouraging start for them.
0: I think, you know, I look at this team, Joe, other than maybe Victor Hedman, they can even afford to take an injury or two. Not that not that you want that, but mm-hmm. I think they could survive a couple of weeks without Kucherov or Stamkos. They could probably survive without Vasilevsky for a few games because Budai's a capable backup. I look at this team really only... Hedman would be the one guy I'd hate to see get hurt.
2: Well, and I think Vasilevsky the way he's playing, too. I mean, yeah. I, I, Peter Budai is a great backup, and he's a guy who's going to be very reliable. But when you have a number one goalie, it changes everything. It's like, it's like in football. You say, you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a, you don't have a chance. Like, if you don't right. have a number one goalie in this league over a consistent period of time, you're going to be in trouble. So I think that's the case where you know you don't want to lose him. I mean, obviously, Hedman, they don't want to lose him either. But, um, but I think those are two of the more independent and guys. If you lose Sanfos, you have Kucherov, you have Point, you have all these other guys. But he don't have a replacement really at the same level in, in that and under and the blue line. Right.
0: Thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you. Scott Burnside is one of the most respected voices in hockey. He started covering the NHL back in his native Ontario and worked at the National Post in Canada. He then went on to become the hockey columnist at ESPN. He now works for the website of the Dallas Stars. I caught up with Scott on Wednesday at Amelie Arena, just as the Stars were taking the ice to practice. So watch out for a few flying pucks during our conversation with Scott Burnside. Scott, let me start off by asking you about uh, Ben Bishop, longtime uh, goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and and now he's with the Dallas Stars. What have your, been your impressions of, of how Ben's played since he's been in Dallas? He's very tall. <laughs> we're very tall.
3: I, you know, what, it's funny, been, having been you know, spent a lot of time with ESPN, and then, as by extension, a lot of time in Tampa over the years as this team rose to prominence. And uh, I remember sitting down with Ben Bishop before the start of his uh, first playoff run as a starter in the NHL, and talking about you know the uncertainty and whether he was ready for it because he'd been injured the year before, just before the playoffs. Sure. And really enjoyed his candor talking about you know, being ready to face the challenge. And I don't think there's any doubt when you. Talk to his t- teammates past and, and current uh, guys who are still in Tampa who played with Ben and certainly head coach John Cooper. He's a seminal part of the history.
1: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
3: We have this franchise mm-hmm. outside of Nikolai Habibulin, probably the most important goaltender in franchise history. And, you know, sort of similarly, this... The opportunity, the opportunity that Ben Bishop had in Tampa, was critical to Ben Bishop's career. Right, two Vesna Trophy nominations, trip to the finals in '15, conference final in the next year. So, you know, this is—he made himself into an NHL starter and an elite goaltender here. Um, and I think the transition to Dallas has probably been a little bit different than than he thought it was going to be. But I think what you have to keep in mind is that when you make that kind of change, and let's not, you know, the time you spent in L.A. after the trades really, you, know, right. I think you just pushed back to the side, uh, but there's so much new, new coaching staff here with Ted Hitchcock, and not just new to Ben Bishop, but new to everyone, um, a new defensive group, a new goaltending coach in Jeff Rees, who of course won, a cup. Here, yeah. won a cup in Tampa Bay, and I'll plug my own podcast, check is yeah. on my podcast this week, talking about His experiences winning the Cup here, Uh, but there's a lot of new in Ben Ben Bishop's life uh, since he came to Dallas, and that's a long way to get to your answer. And I think he's been, like the team, really good at times and uneven at times. And this is, you know, I think this is a function of getting used to uh, a whole set of uh, brand new scenarios. And I think the other thing is that when you're a goaltender like Ben Bishop who plays the puck as well as anyone Mm -hmm. in the league there's a lot more moving parts to coming into a new situation. Sure. And I think, you know, his communicative skills with his defense core and all those kinds of things. I was talking to Braden Coburn today. He talked about how Ben was always talking, always giving direction. You know, that's that's new for the whole defensive group in Dallas. So, you know, it, it, it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been completely seamless. But um, I think it's going to be interesting as we move along here to see whether he gets back to that level we saw uh, him play so often at in Tampa,
0: Scotty. I, uh, you know, I know you concentrate on the, the the Dallas Stars, but the Tampa Bay Lightning. What is what's been your impression about how well this team has played so far this year?
3: Yeah, that's, I mean, in a league that really is dominated by whether it's mediocrity or parity, maybe it's you know, same size of a different coin, but there are a lot of pretty average hockey teams in the NHL right now. I mean, Dallas Stars are one of them, I and mean, there are a lot of teams um, that are in that sort of gray area. Uh, lots of nights look good. Some nights look terrible. Uh, Tampa is in a different place. They just they seem to look good every single night, and I know John Cooper's talking about it. Listen, there have been some ups and downs, uh, but whenever there have been those brief down moments, Andre Vasilevsky has been so good in goal. Mm-hmm. Has covered up whatever minor flaws there might be. And to me, the the resurgence of Steven Stamkos after a couple of you know, horrific mar- injury-marred yeah. seasons, I think there were a lot of people not that they, not a question of doubting Steven Stamkos, but just wondering, you know, are you ever going to be able to get back and be the player that you know we know that you can be and his play, along with Nikita Kucherov, it's just been—it's been a treat to watch. It's so much fun. In a league that, you know, sometimes now I think struggles to find that kind of offensive juice that you know brings fans into the the arenas. Uh, that top line has been incredible, and Stamkos has been great. I said this last year at the end. You know, if the Lightning had made the playoffs, I think you could have made a really strong case for Nikita Kucherov as a Hart Trophy mm. finalist, if not a Hart Trophy guy, to, to take home the hardware. It didn't turn out that way, right. uh, but he's certainly continued on an arc that, if they didn't, if they didn't know before, that people around the hockey world know now that he's one of the best players in the world.
0: Can they keep this up, or is this is this just a hot streak, or are they this this good?
3: No, I mean, I I think at some point there will be a. You know, a there will be a, a flattening. You know, all teams. You know, the, the, the schedule is such a grind that you know no team is. You know, this isn't the 76 or 77 Montreal Canadiens, trade. Right? <laughs> this team is. They'll hit a rough patch. They'll, you know, lose four or five or whatever. That's it's inevitable, right? That's going to happen. Sure. But I think this team. Uh, I think this team is built for the long haul. I, I don't. I don't see any reason, barring some sort of cataclysmic injury, this team should go to a conference final. This team, in all likelihood, could go to a Stanley Cup final. And right now, there isn't a team that I think can keep up to them offensively and and really their complete game. I, you know, why not? Why not a Stanley Cup win for the Tampa Bay Lightning? So, no, even if they don't continue at their current you know pace. I still think this is a team that is built for the long haul; that it's not a flash in the pan kind of thing.
0: Is there a hole? I mean, if you see anything with this team, is there a weakness or something they might want to shore up before uh, they get too deep into the season here? No,
3: you know, I, I'm interested to see as we move along. You know, how does the defensive depth hold up? I, I don't think there's any issue with the offensive end of things, and it's you know, they're well coached. You know, is is there is the defensive depth? enough to run four rounds in the playoffs. It's, maybe it's a little bit early to say that. But I don't know that there's a team in the NHL. You know, Nashville maybe. Uh, St. Louis is real good along the blue line. But, you know, I think that's, you know, lots of NHL teams wish they had, another, you know, another top four sure. defender or yeah, something sure. like that. So, uh, But I don't see anything right now where you're like, Steve Eiserman must get player A or you know, or they they have no chance, or the, or their chances are diminished. I don't see that right now.
0: Who's the, you look around the Eastern Conference, Scott? Who's who's is there a team? Are there another team out there that you see it be the serious threat to to lighting I, I mean, Pittsburgh's sort of stumbling around a little bit, but you get the sense they can turn it on when they feel like it later in the season.
3: Yeah, after poo-pooing them all last year, I stopped <laughs> doing that. Uh, but uh, you know. They shouldn't have won two in a row, so I see the fact... I see them no chance in <laughs> three in a row, so... Um, I, I, but Pittsburgh is what Pittsburgh is, and that means they will always be dangerous. I, the team I'm really interested in is Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a team that I know had... you know, They've been mentioned in the Steve Shane carousel at one point before he ended up going to Ottawa and Palturus going to Nashville. So... Um, It's a team that's probably not as deep down the middle as they'd like to be, but Sergei Bobrovsky is right back in form from um, you know, really rebounding from a pretty mediocre playoff year against uh, Pittsburgh in the first round, but is now in a position to be considered for a second straight Vezina. That blue line is very young and really good. They play hard, and we know that John Tortorella is a world-class coach. Um, So I like Columbus. I I think they're a team, they may be one of those teams that you know had to stumble to, to learn to take the next step or two in the playoffs, right, and, right. and they got they got beaten. You know, the series was five games against Pittsburgh. They got swept. It was five games, but a yeah. short series against Pittsburgh. Right. Probably closer than than the the outcome indicated. They played hard. Probably took too many penalties. Um, so you wonder if that's a, a a learning point for them next spring. But I do like Columbus as a team that you know maybe a step and a half below Tampa right now, but certainly I'd probably put them right near the top of, of the next tier.
0: I'll get you out on this one, Scott. Uh, John Cooper, your thoughts on the Lightning coach. He's been here a while now, five, five I think five years. Uh, what do you think of Coop?
3: Well, I, I, I think he's one of the great young coaching minds in the business, and I think his record reflects that. I think it's always interesting, knowing you know, when, when coaches you know, have disappointing years. And, yeah, obviously the injuries were a key factor in the Lightning Miss in the playoffs last year. And, but it is sobering when it happens, right? And right. when you think, oh, you you know, you cup final in 15, conference final, game 7, 16, and, you know, it's going to happen every year, right? Well, when it doesn't happen, I think it's always interesting how do coaches and players respond to it and what we've seen you know, through the first month plus of the regular season I think shows you that this is this is a very well-coached team. It's a very committed team, and sometimes sometimes you need to take that kick in the shins after some success to remind you of just how brutally hard it is yeah. to, to win it all here. Um, and uh, well, I think um, again, the pressure, as it should be, is is on John Cooper now to capitalize on this talent because we know how quickly the window closes in the NHL on teams who. Have the wherewithal to to go deep or to win at all, and the pressure is definitely on here. But uh, I don't think there's
0: anything not to like about what John
3: Cooper has done.
0: Plug your uh, podcast, Scott. Where can we find it?
3: Oh, you can find it at Burnside Chats. We do it every second week. In fact, the timing's impeccable, Tom. The new edition just came out. Jeff Reese is on it. Ray Ferraro, of course, Ken Hitchcock joins me uh, on every uh, episode. Uh, DallasStars.com and. Uh, If you follow me on Twitter, you can uh, see the link there as well. And uh, And your
0: Twitter handle is?
3: Uh, now you see it you know I don't
0: even know. I'll have to look it up. That's okay. We can find yeah, it. You find it and put it on yeah. there. There you go. Hey, thanks so much, Scott. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Thanks again to Joe Smith and Scott Burnside for catching us up on the lighting. On our next podcast, Rick Stroud will be with me, and we'll talk on a football Friday. We'll get you ready for a weekend of college and pro football, including the Bucks visiting the Dolphins in Miami on Sunday. You can find us on Twitter. The podcast Twitter handle is at RickTomPodcast. You can also find Rick at NFL Stroud and me at TomW. Jones. Once again, thanks to our producer Steve Verstick. Have a great day, everybody. Next time we talk to you'll be a football Friday.
1: Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way.